Principal Matters Podcast, episode 322. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about lessons in leadership transitions with my special guest, Dr. Lute. Croy. Dr. Luke Croy is currently an assistant principal at Prosper High School in Prosper, Texas, where he serves 3,800 students. He is in his 20th year in education. He spent 14 years as a teacher coach in Texas and in Oklahoma, and has spent the last six years in administrative roles in Texas. He's also the founder of the New School Leader, where he dives into his passion for helping aspiring administrators take the next step in their leadership journeys. His bachelor's degree is from Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, with a double major in history and psychology. He was a four-year starter on their football team and a discus thrower on the track and field team for two years. His master's degree is from Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, where he has a master's in education administration. And his doctorate is from Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas, with a doctorate of organizational leadership. Dr. Lute Croy, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. I always like to ask my guests to fill in the gaps on that introduction. And and listeners are also going to recognize my voice is hoarse because I have a cold, but you know, I'm here anyway. And so listeners, I apologize that you get to hear the horse will, but Dr. Lute Croy, welcome to Principal Um, Matters Podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, I'm I'm super fired up to be here. Uh, And I've told you in the past, this this podcast was super formative for me as an aspiring administrator about eight years ago. So uh, to be back here doing this is is fantastic. So thank you so much. Well, you and I are sitting in a video chat so I can see your room and your awesome mic, by the way. And you can see my office area too, because we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. So listeners, you're probably going to be listening to this after the Thanksgiving holiday. So if you're still struggling from like overload cholesterol levels, or you've made that that resolution between now and Christmas that you're going to actually try to behave yourselves, then um, kudos to you, wherever you are in that journey as you're listening to this episode. But Lute, we have spent uh, for principal managers, listeners, for regular listeners, welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome to the conversation as we talk about school leadership. But I want to set the stage because I've been doing a series on transitions in leadership. And so my co-host, Jen Schwanke, and I did a couple of episodes together where we took 10 tips and we divided them up um, and were able to cover them for a couple of s- sessions. And then I recently had a special guest on my show, Shanita Perry, who's an assistant principal, who shared her transition story. And when you and I were connecting recently and talking about the great work that you're doing, I ask you to do a couple of things for me. One, I want to talk about transition because of all the history you've had with transition with you. And then I want to switch gears and talk about the work that you've been doing with new leaders. So to set the stage, principal managers, listeners, you may want to go back and listen to some of those previous episodes where we talk about things like for those who are transitioning the importance of updating your resume or talking to your leadership at the appropriate time or connecting with your networks or researching your prospects or demonstrating your excellence, making introductory calls and emails, subscribing to updates, creating backward timelines, adapting an odyssey plan. If you didn't hear that episode, you want to go back and hear that one on episode 320 and then celebrating your success along the way. So Lute, I I just wanted to set the stage because some listeners will have had several weeks of this conversation and others may be jumping in for the first time. 
But let's first talk about your background. You've been a teacher. You've been a coach. You've been an instructional coach. You've been an AP. You have your doctorate in educational leadership. You have moved 12 times during your education career. And so I'm just really curious, for, especially for lists, for leaders or aspiring leaders who are listening to this conversation, in every move that you've made, I'm sure there have been lessons. So I, I want to begin there before we jump into some of the work you've done with new leaders. For someone who has had so many transitions in your career, what advice would you have for those who are considering their next moves? Sure. Uh, so to be clear, I've I've only worked at six different school districts in those 12 moves. We, My wife will surely remind everyone that we've moved 12 times. We've lived in 12 different houses since we've been married. Uh, but I have worked in six different school districts. One of those I was in twice. Um, and and really and truly, you and Jen did a fantastic job of, of highlighting things that people should think about in transition. But as I was listening to those episodes and uh, kind of reflecting on my own life, there, there were a couple of things that stand out. And, you know, really in transition, there's there's two pieces, right? There's the there's the part of, I think I'm getting ready to make a move. And then there's the part of what do I do after I make the move, right? So um, the first part, just that, what am I going to do when I think it's time to make a move? Um, there, there are a few things there. And, um, you know, one of the first things I think is you've got to, you've got to decide kind of what your boundaries are for making a move. Um, when I was first thinking about moving into an administrative role, uh, the district that I was in at the time, uh, there was, they did kind of a leadership cohort, right? So they'll take 40 or 50 aspiring administrators and put them in a room once a month and coach them up a little bit. And then I remember the superintendent, he came into the room and he looked at everybody and he said, look, all of you guys want to be assistant principals. And the reality is every one of you can be an assistant principal next year. You just can't do it here because we're not going to have that many openings. Right. So and and he said that someone had given him that advice when he set out to be a superintendent. He was like, you can be in a you can be a superintendent right now if you're willing to move wherever those jobs might be. Um, so that was something that my wife and I always did when when we felt like it was time to make a move. Uh, we sat down and and really we we actually pulled out a map and and kind of drew on it and said, okay, these are the places where we are willing to go and uh, look at a possibility of making a move because there are jobs everywhere that fit the criteria of what I wanted uh, with each one of those moves, but they didn't fit the criteria for what our family wanted or what our family needed. So that was a pretty big one, um, you know, setting those boundaries. Uh, the next one that uh, that really stood out to me was. You've got to go talk to people who've already been in the role that you're that you're wanting to get into. Uh, when I first decided that I was going to move into an administrative role or that I wanted to move into an administrative role, I uh, I went and sought out the very first principal that I had. He was a he was a really good mentor to me, and I hadn't worked for him at that point in time in probably eight years. And uh, but we still stayed connected, and he was always a guy that I could go to. And I went and sat with him and was just, hey, I need you to talk me through what this looks like. Because as a teacher coach, I kind of have timeframes, right? So, you know, to give you an example of what we talked about in that conversation, as a teacher coach, I always felt like I needed to make a move. If I was going to move somewhere, I was going to do it no later than the end of April. And for me, that was a lot about loyalty to who I was working for as, as a coach. Um, I always had quite a few responsibilities. And I was 
you know, I was a head coach and I was a coordinator and, and all of these things. And I, I would have felt really guilty leaving someone later than that. Well, I went and sat down with Mr. Spain, who was my first principal. And we were kind of talking through what transitioning into an administrative role looks like. And the first thing he told me, he says, you're going to have to recalibrate that time frame." He said, for teachers and coaches, hiring season is March, April, maybe into May. And it's kind of locked up at that point, you know, every now and then there's some things happening in June. Um, but he told me, he said, as an administrator, it's always hiring season. And, you know, those jobs come open as people move on and they move up or they move out. He said, those jobs come open and we're hiring administrators in July. We're hiring administrators in August. And having had that conversation with him, it helped me understand kind of what I was getting myself into, but it also helped me make some decisions about the role that I was currently in. So um, just to kind of give you a little bit more background into that transition, the, the school that I was at at the time, I was heavily involved in leadership. I was uh, the head wrestling coach. I was the special teams coordinator. I was in charge of our character development. I had a lot of responsibilities as a coach. And when I was going through, so everyone down here, uh, for their assistant principal interviews, they do kind of a pool process and you go through these processes and they decide yes or no, you are going to let you in the pool. You're qualified to work in our district or not. And then you've got to wait around until there are openings and they'll send four or five names to the campus and go, Hey, you got to interview these people. Well, so I sat, I went through one of those processes in a really big district in this area and I got into the pool. And I remember in the last interview, this was probably early April, I went into the last interview and, you know, they're like, what questions do you have for us? And I said, well, you know, how many, how many openings are you anticipating? What does this look like? And they said, well, we don't have any right now, but we know we will have. And I said, okay, that's, that's, that's good. That's promising. I said, what kind of time frame do you think? And they're like, oh, probably late June. And that's where I had that moment of, I've got to, I've got to make some decisions about the direction that I want to go at this point. Um, so then I went and met with Mr. Spain and he told me the same thing. He's like, you got to take that. You got to rip that bandaid off of your time frames." But I still had this loyalty and I don't want to say issue, but I had this loyalty issue where I didn't want to put my current campus in a bad role or in a bad situation. So I talked to my wife and this kind of leads to the, the next thing I want to say about making transitions is sometimes you got to take a step backwards to be able to take a step forwards. And uh, so at that point, we knew, we really felt like moving into administrative role was where I was going to go. But I also knew I wasn't willing to put my current school in a bad situation. So we took a step back. I stopped coaching football that next year, um, moved into a district closer to where we lived and uh, put myself in a place where now I'm in a place as a teacher where if I get an opportunity in this district, it's not going to put them in a bad situation. I can make that transition and everything would be fine. But in order to do that, I had to give up something that I loved, which was coaching football. And I had to give up a giant portion of my salary, but that was okay because we knew it was going to get us in the direction that we wanted to go. So that was a, that was a really, really big step for us to be able to take that step backwards in order to be able to make a move forward. And I've done that a couple of times. Um, you know, when I moved into my current district, we, uh, I was an assistant principal in Frisco ISD for four years. And when uh, it was time to move into Prosper, I, I was, I really wanted to try something else. I really wanted to 
try my hand in curriculum. I wanted to work uh, from the administrative building instead of from a campus and, and see what that looked like. Uh, but in order to do that, I had to, you know, quote unquote, take a step backwards, right, financially and, you know, some of those things to give myself an opportunity. And and it's paid off great. I, I had no intention of moving back into an assistant principal role, but uh, the opportunity presented itself and we're a rapidly growing district and they pulled me right into it. So um, and that's been great. But it was I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do what I'm doing right now if I hadn't have taken a step backwards again to move into a different situation. Wow. There's so much wisdom in that, Dr. Croy. So let me just stay there for a few minutes because sure. you know how with Principal Matters listeners, I love to summarize. Yeah. I talked a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 you didn't. It, well, you talked um, wisely and I just want to summarize the, the main things I heard you say. One, decide what your boundaries are for making a move. And that's so important because that's different for every person. And that's what I, I love about talking to leaders is everyone's story is different. So whoever's listening to this conversation right now, you may be an aspiring leader. You may be a veteran leader. You may be someone who's looking toward retirement, or you may be jumping into leadership for the first time. I don't know who's listening, but decide what your boundaries are. You know, where, where are you willing to make move and where are you not? Some folks are um, invested in a community that they'll never move from. And if that's the case, then it may be a long time before you have an opportunity for leadership. And I love what your leader told you. Um, you know, that for admins, it's always hiring season somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so you said, decide what your boundaries are for making a move. Talk to people who are in the role you want to be in, because they're going to give you some really wise perspective. Recalibrate your time frame, which I, I love the way you put that loot, because um, that's something that I don't think I've heard leaders say before, which is, you're right, it is different for admins and teachers. It's always hiring season for leaders and that time frame may not look the same. But then your application to that, I thought was was so thoughtful. Sometimes you have to take a step backwards before stepping forward. So how do you make sure that you're calibrating the work that you're doing in a way that that the place that you are might need to be weaned off some of the roles that you have mm -hmm. so that when that transition does happen, you're not hurting the place you're leaving. You're trying to help them with that transition too. And man, that, that doesn't always work. It's not always possible. Sure. Um, but I, I really appreciate that you've thought that through when it comes to your, your own leadership. Other thoughts? Cause I know you've got more. Um, you know, so those, those were the big ones in preparing for transition. Um, you know, I think maybe one other thing is, especially if you're transitioning from into a completely different role, right? If you're making the move from teacher into administrator, um, I think one of the things is really just investing and trying to develop those skills. And part of that is, you know, going back to spending time with people who have already been in the role, right? So that you can learn from them vicariously. But the other part of that is just consuming as much as you can in, in trying to develop those skills. But I think the piece that gets left out of that a lot too is actually putting some things into practice. I talk a lot with aspiring administrators and they ask a lot of questions and they're learning a lot of things, but when they get into the role, they're still not prepared for it because they haven't actually executed on any of the things that they're going to have to do once they actually get into the role. Um, that was actually part of my, my doctoral study, right? We, I, I interviewed new assistant principals. And one of the questions that I got to ask everyone was, what were you not prepared for? And I got a lot of different answers, but overwhelmingly, 
the vast majority of them said over and over again, they just weren't ready for the amount of work that comes across their desk in a day. They weren't, they weren't uh, prepared to manage their time. They weren't prepared for um, all of the different types of tasks that they were going to be asked to do. And that there's so much, right? There's legalities, there's student discipline, which um, one of the things with really good teachers is a lot of times they don't have to deal with conflict because they innately figure out ways to make, make things work. Right. So the first time they get into an actual conflict is when they're sitting in a leadership role and they're supposed to have the answer. Um, so finding ways to spend time with people, uh, who are going through that work, finding ways to, to try new things, to help solve problems on your campus, you know, doing things that are actually going to develop those skills and not just, you know, you and I talked about when, when I decided it was time for me to move into an administrative role, I started reading and listening to everything that I possibly could, including this podcast and your first book. And they were fantastic in, in terms of giving me knowledge that I needed to get into the role. But I still remember when I walked into the role the first time, I had no idea what I was actually supposed to do. Um, I just had kind of a macro level view of what it looked like. So um, really focus on developing those skills and, and finding out what the work actually looks like in a new role, I think is, is a big one. So I know when we started this conversation that you were breaking your thoughts into part one, part two. So, yep. so we're jumping into part two now, Yep. which is, you know, part one is I'm getting ready to make the move. And part two is I'm, I'm making the move. Yep. So, so stay there, Lou. What are, yep. keep, keep going down that road. What are some things that for leaders that are making the move, some essentials that they need to, that they need to understand sure. um, for success? So I think the first thing is you've got to throw your ego out and you've got to be willing to ask a lot of questions. I know when I stepped into my first assistant principal role, uh, I joke about it all the time, but I wore the carpet out between my office and my principal's office because I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a low ego guy. I'm, I'm, I'm very willing to go ask questions and say that I don't have the answer because I would much rather go figure out the right way to do it than, you know, throw something up against the wall and hope it sticks. Um, and, and kind of the advice that I give to people in this is they hired you because they think that you're qualified and they think that you're a good fit. They want you to be successful. And sometimes that means they want you to be successful in the systems that they already have in place, right? So you, you may have already been in that role somewhere else, but the context of the local school district is different, right? You're in a different place. So you need to understand what that looks like here, right? So be willing to ask questions to go understand how to do this work within the systems that they already have in place. The, the one exception to that would be if they've hired you and specifically said, hey, we need you to blow this up and put your own systems in place. Cause that happens. Um, doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Hey, we need you to come in, put your own systems in place and, and run with it. But most of the time it's, Hey, you're awesome. You're going to be a great fit here. You've got some great experience. Here's how we do things. And we need you to add to the way we do it and, and don't go rogue. So be willing to ask questions and figure out how to do things at, at the place where you're at now, right? Um, this was a really big one for me, this, this next one. It's find a way to add value by leaning into your strengths. Um, when I, so I talk about my first year as an assistant principal, I, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I remember asking people all the time, like, hey, does this get better? Am I, am I just, I don't understand why I just have to ask you how to do everything. And everybody told me, it's like, you just got to get through the first year. The first year, you're going to learn all the things. And the next year you're going to have it and it's going to be great. And they were right. It got a lot better as I asked questions and learned from all those things. But 
I wasn't content with basically wasting a year trying to figure out how to do the job that I'd been hired to do. I knew there were things that I was good at. I knew there were things that I could contribute to in that moment. So that first year, while I was trying to figure out how to do that job, um, I went to my principal and said, hey, I'm learning how to do this, but I have something that I want to do. I just want to make sure that you're good with it before I do it. And we had a really, it was a new-ish school. School had been open for three years. So we had a really young coaching staff and that was my background, right? I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on the world of coaching. And we had a young, hungry coaching staff that was wanting to uh, grow in the profession and some of them were wanting to become head coaches. So I decided if I'm good at that and I understand that world, I'm going to create like a coaches leadership academy that I'm going to do once a month. And I'm going to bring these young coaches in and I'm going to get to pour into them while I'm learning how to do this role, because I know that I can add value right now in that way, because that's something that I'm good at. So, uh, and it was great. And it was something we did for, we did right up until COVID hit. We did it for three years and it was great. We, we learned together, a bunch of those coaches moved up and they got promoted and they got head coaching jobs and, and it was awesome, but it was a way for me, one, to add value to my campus, but two, also to remind myself of, Hey, they, they did hire me for a reason. They hired me because I'm, I'm good at some things right in the midst of the frustration of having to learn how to do all the other things. Um, this gave me an opportunity to really excel at something early on in my, in, in that transition, which I thought was, was great. And, and I was kind of reflecting on that. That's actually happened and I didn't even realize it, it's happened several times, right? As I've transitioned from one place to the next in my current role, um, I'm pouring into what we call our guiding leadership team. And they, they kind of define the work of our collaborative teams on our campus. And the reason why that has become my niche at Prosper High School is because of my previous role as administrator. That was the work that I was doing there, right? And I've got more experience in that work than most of the people on our campus. So it was a natural transition for me to be able to start leaning into that work. There are other things that we do, but find the thing that, you know, you can lean into and say, hey, I've got really good experience here. Let me help with this thing. And, you know, that happens every time we transition. You just have to kind of figure out what that is. Oh, I love that. There's, um, let me pause for just a moment sure. because you're just making my my brain kick into gear. Um, one of the things I love about that loot is that wherever you are in your leadership journey, whether you're new or whether you're experienced, you have a value to contribute to an organization that is unique to whatever your background is, whatever you're inside. And, and I can only speak to my experience compared to yours. So in my experience, I was a former writing teacher. I was a former language arts teacher. I was a creative writing instructor. I was an AP language instructor. So those that was my background. My craft was teaching people how to communicate and how to write. And then I found myself as an assistant principal missing some of the use of that craft. And so what did I do? I started blogging. I started uh, creating a, a school newsletter. I started uh, eventually making a podcast. And so those things became my outlet for ways for me to still exercise the craft that was enhancing the leadership that I was doing in those areas. And so, Lute, I love it that you, you're able to figure out well, what, what is the value that I'm already strong in as I'm learning these other skill sets so I can lean into that at the same time that I'm learning. Because I think when you do that, it also adds an amazing amount of joy to your work. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it keeps you connected to something that you're good at. And so whoever's listening to this right now, 
you you have a skill set and a value that maybe something that no one else on your team does. I mean, maybe your background is mathematics and you're an Excel spreadsheet master. You know, that's not my strength. Um, but your ability to analyze and communicate data might be something. I'm just throwing out ideas, but there's something that you have that's unique to your experience and background that's really great. Uh, maybe you're strong in organizational leadership because you're a former music instructor and you know how to take chaos and make it beautiful. Well, do how do you teach other people how to do those same things? So that's fantastic loot. So put your ego aside, admit you need help and ask questions, find a way to add value by leaning into your strengths. Yeah, those were those were the big ones as I was thinking about transition. Um, I feel like those were the things that as I look back from this job to that job to that job that I saw reappearing over and over and over again. Um, you know, and it's different every time you transition into a job, there's a reason why you end up where you end up, right? And sometimes it's because uh, you've reached out to your network and you've connected with someone and you're going to work for someone or with someone that you're familiar with. And that makes that transition a lot easier, right? I, you know, I think when you and I were talking last week, I think I said all but one of the jobs that I've had, I transitioned into a job where I knew somebody, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think there may be two that I moved into a role where I didn't know anyone. Um, but most of the time I, I knew somebody that I could connect with and that I could kind of go through that work together with. But in those roles where you transition into a job where you don't know somebody, right, it's, I think it's really important to get off to a good start. And, you know, leaning into your strengths is one of those things, but it's also just focusing on doing the best work that you can do, right? You want to make sure, or at least I always felt like when I went into one of those roles where I don't know anybody who can vouch for me in this moment, right? I wanted to make sure that at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the end of whatever that time period was, I wanted them to reflect back and go, man, that was a really good hire. Right. So just focus on doing the best job that you can do on the things that you can control in that moment is, is a huge piece for me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's transition. Well, Dr. Lute Croy, I'm going to ask you to stay around for a second session because I want to dive even more deeply into some of the work that you've done through your dissertation and your work with new leaders. So if you're, if you're game, I'd love to have you back for another round. Yeah, but as absolutely. we wrap up this conversation, I just want to remind Principal Matters listeners, wherever you are in your leadership journey, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not going anywhere. Well, think about where you are right now. How are you adding value? How are you leaning into your strengths? How are you asking for help? How are you making sure that you're still growing? Or maybe you are someone listening to this and you're like, man, I can, I I sense the pull that there's something else that, that is pulling me, or I'm looking at this next option, then lean into the experiences of others who've been through those same transitions. Because what I have discovered is when I get my thoughts out of my own head um, and I can communicate them to other people, then it helps me with that work. And so um, I would invite you, if you've got questions for Lute or for me, to reach out to us. I, I've, I've set up lots of meetings with leaders to talk about transition. So you can always reach me at my email address at will at williamdparker.com. If you have questions or if you've got um, um, ideas or if you want to set up a, an op- opportunity for us to have a discussion. But Lute, as we wrap up, how can listeners stay connected with you and your work and how can they find you if they want to communicate with you? Sure. Uh, so probably the easiest place and place I connect with most people is on Twitter, like most educators, right? So at Luke Croy on Twitter, uh, you can email me at uh, Lute at the new school leader.com. 
it's a, it's a good place to catch me. And we'll probably talk more about that uh, coming up in the next episode. And, uh, you know, we put out a, uh, we put out a newsletter every now and then at the new school leader for new and aspiring administrators. So if, if that's something that you're interested in, you can uh, find more information about that at the new school slash subscribe. New school leader.com slash subscribe. Yep. All right, my friend, Luke Croy. I want all of you to go online right now and subscribe to Luke's newsletter so that you can be receiving some great feedback. You can, if you're a veteran leader, you can share that with new leaders or you can learn from his lessons for your own personal growth. But Luke Croy, thank you so much for taking this time to spend with our listeners. And until next time, Principal Matters listeners, thanks for doing what matters. We'll talk to you again next week. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.